here's Johnny. Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of the Buzzed Podcast. I am Jake Hinton coming to you from South Florida, alongside, as always, Mr. EJ Golett from sunny Southern California. EJ, how you holding up in these times? I am doing just okay, Jay. How are you? <laughs> yeah, that resonates <laughs> so well. I would say we're doing just okay as well, trying uh, the best we can to hold up, given Everything that's going on in this crazy, crazy world right now. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's definitely weird. It's eerie. You know, it's funny today. Uh, I went over to my friend's house. I, we haven't been over to anyone's house in two months. Hung out on their front porch just to try to have some normalcy. Smoked a bowl, brought my own bowl, had to smoke a bowl, <laughs> and they smoked their own bowl, and we just kind of hung out from a distance. Yeah, it was a nice time. Busy, man, like we haven't hung out with anyone I mean, the, <laughs> most people's most interaction i've had is just saying thank you to like a cashier at, at the grocery store or if i'm like running across the street to grab beer or something so oh yeah i mean I, I will say i'm finding people in la to be a lot friendlier right now because no one has had contact with anyone so they yeah, are right. just willing to strike up a conversation usually you stay in your own lane here dude i don't even know like what's gonna happen when i've like and when I, everything goes back to normal like I don't know how I'm even supposed to communicate with people anymore. I think I'm losing my touch. <laughs> I know, me too, man. Besides business conversations, I think my my future conversations will be like this: be like, "Thanks for flagging. Hey, circling back up on this, checking up on how this is doing." You know, that's basically mm-hmm. my email lingo moving forward from here. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I get to speak to a lot of people on the phone, but um, not face to face. But anyway, let's uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Usual typical standard operating procedures what are you drinking tonight sir uh well jay since i feel like i've gotten some flack from you for the last couple times here for not having it i pulled out the uh bullet tonight for you on the rocks hopefully you're you're happy at least a little bit with me on that one is this how we're gonna judge our friendship i guess so i don't know i always feel a lot of judgment from you if i don't have some brown in my cup yeah, yeah, well, it's not just you, bud. I judge, uh, I call people out, just random people in my office, like, oh, I like scotch. I'm like, pussy. <laughs> They're like, what? What's this guy's problem? Like, I'm from Kentucky, asshole. You drink the fucking bourbon. Hell yeah. Don't, don't you disgrace my grandpa. <laughs> uh, besides that, I got uh, some Michelob Ultra. And um, in honor of, since we're not recording on, but around 420, I uh, got a little bit of the green tonight, sir. Good for you. I will begin to that shortly, I am sure. Oh, yes. And Jay, how about yourself? What are you on tonight? Well, if we're going to judge our bourbons and our friendships by our bourbons, rather, I am sipping on some Weller for my buddy so EJ good. over here. <laughs> He's shaking his head at me. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. Just Outside cause... of that. Oh, that's great. Outside <laughs> of that, I've got some. Here's a plot twist. Bush Light. Whoa. Yeah, I know. Going from the high-end whiskey to the low-end beer. Uh, I got to give a shout-out to Bush uh, since you just brought them up. I saw on social media today they are, for any couple that has had their wedding canceled in the year 2020, 
they are giving a year free supply of bush to that couple. Yeah, Quick marketing I, tip. I, I really missed my shot on that one. That would have been, <laughs> been great to have. Um, and you know, we we, we have a, a fun movie to to talk about. Um, it's strange because there wasn't really, there's not a lot on this movie out there, but, um, we will get into that. But again, I have to ask you too, really quickly, what do you think of my gift tonight that I throw out here? Because it has nothing to do with this movie. Yeah. I opened it up and I was like, what the hell is this even from? Well, the way I look for these gifts is I either go on Giphy or I'll search like Google. So this is not, this is an obscure movie. So I searched on Google and when I typed in ghost stories, this was the first thing that popped up. With this, this, just for the audience's reference here, it's a man falling out of a window, butt naked, and mid-flight down, you see full frontal male nudity until he falls right next to a swimming pool, dead. And I don't understand where this is from, but I kind of want to know what movie this is. He almost made it into the pool. Could have survived. Could have, man. Could have. Uh, he has too small of a dick. And um, we're going to be talking about the movie Ghost Stories, British horror film from 2018. Uh, again, really interesting. If you like anthologies, you'll probably love this. But before we get into the meat of the show, catch us up on the things you're currently watching. Ooh, okay. So a lot of time on my hands right now, as one may have during this pandemic. But uh, I have had this on my list for quite some time. I've started episode one and then stopped several times because I'm just not in the mood. But I am deep into season one of Battlestar Galactica right now, and I'm thoroughly enjoying the hell out of it. Uh, it's it's a fun, nerdy ass show, and I, I love I, it. That's what I would expect. I, I've I've never even watched an episode, but I know they're like diehard Battlestar Galactica fans out there. I mean, it's cool, man. It's I love the the opening plot had me sucked in right from episode one. I was like, okay, I got to see where this goes, and it's. It's right up there. You know, it first came out in the 70s and then they stopped and then they had another one in the 80s and then it stopped and then they did this one in the early 2000s. And I think they're doing a remake again, but the early 2000s one is a fantastic one by Ronald D. Moore. And he won, he won a a pretty big, some pretty big awards for this, for that show. So it's really good. Uh, Also last night I watched for the first time ever, and you'll probably be shocked that I said this, but. I watched Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Never seen that before until last night. That was the first time, really. And it was really good. Loved it. It's just a flesh wound. It's just it's merely a flesh wound. Come back. I'll bite your legs off. <laughs> such a I classic. Think, Everyone should watch that. Oh, it's such I didn't really know what I was I mean, I knew I was getting myself into. It's it's Monty Python, but I don't know why. I've never watched it. And last night I was just like, yeah, let's check this out. Uh, still watching Cursed Films. We talked about that last week, uh, the the original show on Shudder. A little underwhelming, uh, but it's still pretty good. Checking out Creepshow, still trying to like it. Not as good as I thought it would be. Uh, it's just not as good as the 80s show was uh, in any means whatsoever, and the acting is even worse somehow than what it was in the 80s. Lego Masters still watching as well, and then I'm really just playing a lot of video games right now. Still playing Call of Duty. Uh, I've been buying a lot of Switch games, maybe too much. Uh, I have Hollow Knight I just bought the other day, which is a great side-scroller. Playing a lot of Mario Kart right now with some friends online, and then jumping in a little bit. My girlfriend more than me, but Animal Crossing, still playing it. Gotcha. gotcha. What about you? 
Uh, I was trying to think. I feel like I've watched some movies. I just can't even remember what I've watched because I don't know. It's all everything seems to just be be a blur during this time. <laughs> um, show wise, though, uh, on the second season of Money Heist um, on Netflix, which I believe is new to Netflix, but there's like four parts so far, four seasons, I guess, what we would consider it to be, and it's. Uh, from it's an Spain. Italian, okay, Spain. Yeah, so it's Spain. So there's some voiceovers, but still pretty cool plot. Uh, recently started Taboo um, with uh, with Tom Hardy, which is uh, interesting if you're kind of into like that whole Victorian era and you know kind of exploring the world and not everything being understood at the time. Uh, and then like today, I watched the FIFA Stay and Play tournament, which is players from like 20 different. Uh, European football clubs that were competing in a tournament, and then outside of that, still playing, you know, Call of Duty, playing FIFA, trying to keep my uh, my hands busy. Well, man, you definitely are, and, and you know, you're also busy with your other podcast as well. So you need to be yeah. playing FIFA constantly. So yeah, then did two player interviews this week. So uh, that's uh, that's really awesome. Yeah, it is. It is. It's just. It's um. It's, it's just. It's become a job. <laughs> you know, like every. I guess everything we do puts some time and becomes a job, but yeah, it's, it's taken up quite a bit of time. We really enjoy it. The, uh, the fan base really enjoys it, but um, I know Chloe's probably, you know, I'm always in here having to do something for a podcast or, or, you know, something around the soccer world. So, um, but you know, it's fun. I, I, you know, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm complaining about stuff that I'm, I'm very thrilled to be part of. <laughs> well, don't so worry. Sounds Jay. ungrateful. We only try to do these once a week. I know that the soccer podcast uh, is really taking off for you. So, but I enjoy the hell out of it, and other people will as well. If you're a soccer fan, you should really check out Enter Miami Podcast. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, thank you, buddy. But I, honestly, like I, from as far as like coming in, just being able to have fun and, and, and enjoyment, and not have to worry about everything. Like I enjoy this platform quite a bit more. We get to drink a drink a lot more, and uh, if I mess up on something. We haven't received any backlash yet. Well, I just haven't told you much, but yeah, I guess, I guess so. (laughs) Uh, Well, cool, man. And you know, I think we should keep our fans, all eight of them, right now, up to date on everything (laughs) that's going on in the in the world right now. (laughs) So, I wanted to drop some Quora news uh, and just follow around some movie stuff that I found. Not a lot going on in the world right now. I mean, there is a lot going on in the world right now, and especially in movies. Obviously, shit's getting moved around left and right. Uh, some movie studios are furloughing, aka Disney. Uh, movie studios are laying off, Lionsgate. Uh, but, you know, in terms of news going on in the world this week, uh, Dune, the upcoming Denis Villeneuve sci fi epic, uh, is uh, dropped some new images this week on social media. Uh, they have an all-star cast in there this time. They've got Timothy Chalamet. They've got Josh Brolin. They've got Javier Bardem. They've got Zendaya. They've got uh, Oscar Isaac. They've got uh, so many people. I can't even think to name them all. But it's a, oh, uh, Jason Momoa. A ton of people right. in this movie. It's, it's a great uh, film that I'm very excited for. But WB and all the cast, they dropped uh, some really awesome images this week to hype it up. Uh, and it's, I'm, I for one, I'm really excited for this film. I can't wait to see what they did. The eighties movie that they had is God awful with Kyle Chandler. It was not a great movie. I don't know if you ever saw it's that. Like Kurt Russell, right? Yeah. Uh, it's not a good movie. Don't even try to say it is. 
it might not hold up. I mean, it might have been good at the time. No, it's not. People, but, even people say it's a terrible movie. But what they're doing right with this one, I trust Denis Villeneuve a lot, which I, I mean, I don't know if you know who he is, but I'm sure you've seen his movie, Prisoners, Arrival, uh, mm-hmm. Sicar- or, uh, Sicario, uh, and Blade Runner oh. 2049. I mean, he has. Sicario's. Oh, Sicario is one of my all time favorites. And he's I one like of my how favorite. You got it, how you said Denis and not Dennis, because I was reading that definitely Dennis. <laughs> uh, he's. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to say what nationality is because I'm sure I'll fucking slaughter that one. So let's leave you on a good note here. Uh, <laughs> but I'm very excited for that movie. Uh, very, very excited. So I can't wait to see it drops this Christmas. Uh, and I know more is to come later on, probably in July sometime with a new trailer, hopefully. So can't wait to see what they bring. Speaking of Tom Hardy, while we're talking about Taboo, uh, he dropped a new trailer this week for Capone. Um, and it focuses on Al Capone, which is played by Tom Hardy at age 47, 10 years uh, after he's been in prison and when he starts suffering from dementia and becomes haunted by his violent past. Originally, this was set to be out in theaters, uh, but they're going to release it on VOD May 12th with a 48-hour rental. So I think you and I will probably be watching that one, I'm guessing. Well, it'll be interesting to see how he gains weight because Capone was not a skinny dude by any means. Have you seen the trailer yet for this? I have not. I'll, I'll send it to you after this. Yeah, I wouldn't say. I mean, he looks Tom Hardy. Like He doesn't look like Bane Tom Hardy, but he looks yeah. normal. Al Capone was pretty hefty, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, but then again, like uh, in his prime, I don't know, maybe 10 years in jail, slim jail, who knows. Yeah, that's true. You might get a little buff. Uh, other than that, horror movie The Lodge has had its theatrical run cut short due to the coronavirus and will be hitting Blu-ray and DVD and Hulu all the same day on May 5th. I think this one we might be one we want to cover later on. Um, the Lodge follows a family who retreat to the remote winter cabin over the holidays. When their father is forced to abruptly leave for work, he leaves his children in the care of his new girlfriend. Why? Isolated and alone, a blizzard traps them inside the Lodge as terrifying events summon from the girlfriend's dark past. I don't know why the father who is with the girlfriend would leave his children alone. I don't care if they've been dating for two weeks or ten months. Mm, probably not. Probably not a good idea. I, I remember seeing the trailer for this movie, though. Looks pretty good. Well, we'll have to check it out. I think it might be one we have to chat about. But tonight, what we're really here for, we're here to chat about the one, the only Ghost Stories, the anthology movie that I pretty much enjoyed. Yeah, it's good. Uh, and, you know, critics call it one of the best British horror movies, uh, you know, of the past decade. So. Um, you know, outside of what you would imagine from your typical horror anthology, uh, it's a really cool scenery because you're in, you know, you're in England, a little bit different of a layout than the United States as far as building structures and kind of how they're organized. But really, one of the things I enjoyed about this was it created a very unique, um, creepy environment. You know, the woods, they have such old woods that'll have fog in them and the buildings are, you know, old and ran down. So it had really great, uh, you know, cinematography imagery in it. Um, And, you know, one of the biggest things in my book for a horror movie is that can you really create the feel of horror? Can you create that suspense? Can you make it uneasy? I watched it with Chloe or hand went over her face many times and this is a movie that does a good job of that so you know i I really enjoyed it as well it somehow snuck past me and uh you brought it up so we watched it and now here we are yeah and i you know i i think it really did tie into that tense feeling and tying in 
you know, this is an anthology movie. So, and, you know, by that, there's three separate stories happening that's centered around one character. Uh, well, it's centered around one character with three different stories that he's investigating. And we get to understand those three different stories that he's investigating. And we learn that they're all interconnected in some way. And I love the twist that they had. And what was interesting with it, even whenever I was researching today, something I didn't realize that this was originally uh, a stage play. And it really yeah. did kind of feel a little bit like a stage play too. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to see that, you know, actually being performed live. Um, but it, 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 was, it was really cool. So it was directed by Jeremy Dyson and Andy Nyman. Uh, they both wrote in the film as well. Uh, then Jeremy, Jeremy Dyson was the, the main character. but we No, no, no. Andy, Andy Nyman was the main character. Oh, sorry. Andy Nyman was the main character. But couldn't find a ton of information on this movie. Don't know really what the budget was. It grossed 148000 domestically, which is not, you know, great by any means and you know like four million hundred thirty one thousand globally which uh again when you're looking at at that larger scale you know not what you would expect in like your typical american box office horror film but you know who am i to speak on that maybe that's really good for for british films british horror in particular but uh really cool uh, and again andy nyman uh, was the main character, Professor Goodman. Uh, also, had, you know, Martin Freeman, I think, was probably the most recognizable actor yeah. in, this whole, in this whole bunch, and he was Mike Priddle. And, yeah, you know, it's basically, you know, again, Andy Nyman, Professor Goodman. We'll try to remember that part, but Professor, Professor Goodman is a debunker of all things paranormal. So he debunks psychics, he debunks ghost stories, uh, you know, poltergeist, stuff of that nature. So he's dedicated his life to exposing you know, phony psychics, fraudulent supernatural shenanigans on his television show. Basically a douche that doesn't believe in aliens. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And however, so his skepticism is put to the test, right? One of his, you can't really say colleagues, but I guess peers, uh, another famous paranormal investigator guy, um, he receives a letter to come visit him. Uh, and this guy was thought dead. So he's kind of just thrown off guard. He goes out there. Turns out this guy's old as hell, lives in a trailer, but he's not dead. And so what he does is basically give him a file of three chilling, inexplicable cases that have been driving him mad. Basically turned everything that he had his career around, which was debunking you know, any phenomenon, just like Professor Goodman was. But then he kind of loses his, his, his lid a little bit because he can't find out what's going on or, or explain, you know, these situations, phenomenon, coincidence, whatever you want to call them, right? So the first one is a night watchman played by Paul Whitehouse is haunted by disturbing visions as he patrols an abandoned asylum. Uh, the second one is an edgy young man uh, who is Alex Lothar, who is from Black Mirror, uh, and he is involved in a hellish car accident deep in the woods. And then the third one is a wealthy former banker, uh, Martin Freeman, who is visited by the poltergeist spirit of his unborn child. And what kind of makes, you know, all this even scares that each of these, you know, macabre stories seem to have sinister connections to Professor Goodman's own life. And the question of the film is, will they make him a believer? And, um, you know, you kind of go through that little mad tale. You watch the movie. I believe it, it came out to, I want to say, around two hours long. Mm -hmm. And then it was about, you know, 30 to 45 minutes per story. Then uh, basically like kind of a wrap up tied all together. 
you know, at the end. But that's basically the main synopsis of the film itself. Yeah, and thank you for that. I mean, I, you know, I'd seen this before, and I really liked. I really like going back and rewatching some movies, and this is one of those movies that is well worth going back and rewatching because of all of the Easter eggs and all of the things that are laid out in there that you don't even notice the first time around that are all interconnected. For example, I mean, you're, you as the audience are, are introduced to this later on, you know, there's the bird, the dead bird that they're being playing with. And at the beginning of the movie, there's the mops and the brooms that he's being chased with in the second story. Uh, and then I think there's the, the ominous uh, hooded figure that looks like it's something straight out of the outsider uh, in the yeah. third movie. So you know, all of these were connected to Goodwin's past. Uh, and you realize at the end of the movie that Goodwin is actually in a hospital and he's under a coma uh, this entire time. And, you know, he actually is haunted by his own past because of him and a couple other kids bullied this disabled boy and eventually ended up killing him uh, in, in this tunnel uh, in, in England, in the, in the woods. Yeah, and it, it was interesting because who was it? Was it his? No, it wasn't his daughter. It was the the first guy's daughter. So it was the night watchman's daughter, I believe, who'd been in the hospital and was basically paralyzed. Her eyes were open and she was like awake but couldn't move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that ties into kind of how he's left at the end of the film as well. Mm-hmm. And With it's Martin Freeman being the doctor and then Alex Lawther. The, the young guys involved in the car accident being, I believe, a nurse, and then uh, the night watchman being the janitor. So it kind of all ties in at the end for this all one big like holy shit moment. It's a it's a, a horror movie Wizard of Oz moment. You know that's exactly what it is. You were there too, and you were there too. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, and it's I, I liked it. You know, it's kind of funny. You know, we I was talking about this. We were talking about this earlier. It's based off a 2010 stage stage play of the same name, which was also written and directed by Jeremy Dyson, Andy Nyman. Nyman also still plays Professor Goodman in the stage play as as well. Uh, And honestly, other than that, Jay, I tried to look and see what more, how this came to be and all that stuff. But there just wasn't a lot of information on this movie that I could really find uh, about this. Yeah, there, there, there wasn't. I mean, it's something you honestly just got to go out there and and kind of watch for yourself. Um, The, the, the first tale about you know paul whitehouse again being this night watchman for like an abandoned insane asylum i believe it was for 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 women and he's basically in one building and then he's on the micro or on the the um radio walkie talkie with someone a russian guy and the other one and they're talking then like these strange coincidence starts happening right so the lights go off he goes he finds where they're unplugged he plugs them back in they go off and this is his his coffee cup is is not where he left it. It's on the floor. So he goes to kind of walk through and just make his rounds around this uh, abandoned asylum as they're supposed to do every hour. And then he like goes downstairs, turns on the lights, goes down a dark corridor, lights turn off, room opens. He goes in the room, gets locked in the room, whole bunch of like mannequins on the, the wall and then one covered and like he pulls it off and it's nothing and then this ghost of a young girl pops up and this is kind of a theme you you saw definitely between the first and the third one where is where like this girl's like crying daddy and she's dead and then she puts his fingers 
she's like running her fingers up his, his body and like puts one of his fingers uh you know in his mouth and then uh the second story is about a guy who goes on a, a kind of not steals but like goes joyriding in his parents car throughout the woods and ends up hitting what he thinks is a ghost uh turns out to be basically like baphomet maybe even the devil and that kind of running through the woods running from the devil and then the third part uh where this banker is basically at his house alone his wife's in the hospital with you know about to give birth to to their newborn he starts experiencing the this kind of poltergeist moving things around the house and appearing in his newborn and then kind of finishes that story with um a ghost of his wife and then it says like he managed to leave the room finally after being just frozen in terror and then he got a call that his wife actually died in the hospital um and that she she died in birth and, and the baby died so it's kind of like this poltergeist foreshadowing um you know what was reality for this guy uh once he found out the news but it, it's really a good character study um you know like the the watchman's like this older guy's like kind of just drinks a lot now and thinks he's going crazy no one believes him the younger guy is like this really skittish guy who had been encountered with the devil really well played by him and just being like a super awkward guy and then of course martin freeman being super sophisticated but that all ties in later because once the stories are all told and then you start to realize something really is off with the story now because martin freeman reappears as like super dapper like super well done like hair on point shaved clean normal looking and then kind of starts to almost like um christmas carol ghost of of you know ghost of the past or whatever ghost of the future i guess kind of like walking them down and then you get into the tunnel scene and then it all it just kind of all ties in together but they each hold their own independent value as far as horror goes and you know keeping you on the the, the edge of your seat like and you know like one of i'd say my top 10 movies i've seen in theater in the past decade oh shit maybe it's been longer than that no decade um was like evil dead right in theaters it was great there was so much suspense and it just kept you on the edge of your seat and just like kept you fully engaged and that's what this movie does through three different tales and you get like a breather in between each tale but you can just kind of pick up the theme of this movie and it's like okay like let me just catch my breath because we're about to get into it again yeah, uh, I would say, and you're talking about the Evil Dead remake, right? The yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, that was that was a really great remake. Same Raimi. Yeah, same Sam Raimi, man. He, uh, he he's a hell of a director and producer, dude. He's he's got some good shit under his belt. So yeah, I love the Evil Dead movies, and yeah, I I would I would agree with you there too. Which was your favorite story? that you saw was, was it, and you could even say it's the reveal, like that's part of the story too. One, two, three, or four. Um, no, dude, honestly, like I think the best mapped out in the most visually scary one was the first story of the night watchman. That's just my personal take. Like the devil one kind of cool, you know, if you could tell the CGI, like when he hit the, the goat or Baphomet or whatever. Yeah. Um, that one was, was kind of, that one was cool. The first one was actually like, scary because that asylum is creepy you know right and then of, course, of course it's never fun to have poltergeist in your house but um the house is beautiful house seemed really comfy so like you you feel 
it's a good setting, but the, the first one, just everything about it was just uneasy. I don't know. Like the, just the scenery and you knew you could tell like bad things were happening. And I was like, yo, dude, just like pack your shit, run. <laughs> you know, so that, that one was, was, was my favorite of, of them all. What, what, do you, what would you say? For me, my favorite part was honestly the end of the movie, just it coming together as a whole. I think just because I really like the reveal of this movie a lot. Uh, I didn't expect there to be a twist like this. And there, there was a great one right there at the end. So uh, I just personally liked it as, as the, I guess, the fourth story or the first story, I guess, really, however you look at it. Just, you know, Goodwin's story, Professor Goodwin's story, because the, the reveal alone was just my favorite part. It, short and simple, that's all I, why I really liked it. I think what kind of threw me off a little bit was Martin Freeman as the old man as well. You know, when he kicks down the trailer door, and like falls yeah. and all stuff. I was like, oh, all right. I'd be like, just knowing that was Martin Freeman, kind of like in my head, I was like, it kind of threw me out of the story a little bit. But for the rest was of it, just I, him with makeup. Yeah, it was just him with makeup on. Yeah, that was Martin Freeman. So it, you know, it kind of, it kind of, that kind of threw me off. But other than that, that reveal, all that stuff, like I love a good jaw drop moment, and that was a good jaw drop moment for me. Uh, and the rest of that, that whole end, end third act. So it was good. I agree. I agree. I mean, overall, I think anyone who is a fan of the horror genre will appreciate this one. Um, you know, just, you got to go out there to just see it. Uh, I don't think anyone would be disappointed with it. Look, you're in quarantine right now, man. You got nothing but time to watch some movies. And honestly, if you found this niche little podcast here, you've probably seen it. But if not, head on out to Hulu and check it out because it is uh, it's a good scary time. Uh, Jay, I mean, I, I know we kind of talked about our key like takeaways the whole time, but you know, what was your final key takeaway and give me some score. Give me, give me a good out of 10 score. Yeah. So, you know, I guess key takeaways for me, and this really holds true for any horror film that, that I watch. Right. So to keep me kind of fully engaged and to, to make me quote unquote scared, you have to make sure that you're holding the suspense. Well, right. I like movies, um, well, I mean, it's weird because I don't like them when I'm watching them, but I like them in hindsight, right? That really keep me on the edge of my seat, keep me my my heart beating, and thinking that oh god, there's something that there's something that's going to happen, some scare is going to pop up or something like that. This movie does a great job of that. Really, really does a good job of, of holding that suspense. Um, other than that, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier in the podcast as well, was um, the just the views, right? The cinematography of England is a different, if it's, it's a different landscape than American horror, right? So it's, it's, I feel like it's much more uh, kind of creep over there. Cause I, like I mentioned, like there's just old woods and like what I really liked about the whole devil story was like the fog and the woods. And there's just, you can tell the trees were old. So great, like scenery for the moving, uh, and then, of course, like the the unexpected turns, right? So you expect this just being anthology. We've seen anthologies before. A lot of them have been great. A lot of them have not been great. Um, but this one, kind of how it it gets away from the anthology in the very end and ties it into an actual kind of movie, um, you know, with the unexpected turn at the end of him being in in the uh, the hospital or insane asylum, whatever you want to call it, uh, caught me off guard. It really did. 
And if I was going to give it a score, I'd say, you know, I'm leaning probably on like a 7.5, kind of range. I'm probably going to stick closer to that, that 7.5. And the reason for that is because it's an anthology, right? And so it's kind of short story after short story. For something to get like a 9 or a 10 in my book, it needs to be like a whole movie of of you know all like there needs to be twists and turns in a movie of course but it needs to be like all one congruent movie and this that's why i would which is still a good score like right seven five but you know as far as it being higher i like those those linear movies where it all is the same story Mm -hmm. yeah i agree with you there Uh, yeah it's kind of i mean as simple as we sound saying it those linear movies i kind of like those movies where it does the job for me almost in a way. I don't really need to to be like positively saying, like, hold on one second, like where did, where's the, where are they trying to go with this? Mm-hmm. Sometimes if I'm in the mood for a good art house film, of course I love like trying to think outside the box. For example, The Lighthouse, like you know that that's a movie that is obscure as hell, but it is such a goddamn good movie. But it's yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to be in the mood for those types of things, and this is a movie you have to be in the mood for. So you know, I, I I'm about that right there with you on that score. I'm I'm a seven. I give it a seven, uh, and I, I still think seven is a really goddamn good score, especially for uh, something like this. So it's uh, it's a good movie. You should definitely watch it. Um, I think my key takeaway from it and what I loved was that you know. I like the portrayal of like what ghosts and demons are in this movie. Um, ghosts aren't always ghosts. Uh, sometimes in this movie, like for example, there are horrible things that have come back to remind us of the things that we've done. And that's exactly what the ghosts portray in this film. And I think yeah. that was a really cool part of the whole movie. Uh, it was well acted. Uh, it had me on the edge of my seat. But I think that thing that threw me off, I said it just a little bit ago, was Martin Freeman and the old man makeup. Just me, kind of, just kind of threw it off for me a little bit. Also, you were the, you know, the demon in the woods. That kind of stuff just kind of didn't really vibe well with the rest of the film. I think they should have kept it a little bit more practical. Yeah, and, and I agree with you on that. Like, you could tell it was CGI, and, like, I love, like, all that pagan shit, right? Like, I really do love horror movies around that. That's why... You know, one of the biggest things I've been bummed about throughout this whole COVID situation is like the Antlers movie being pushed back. But anything yeah. like about that, even like your the, the the Midsummer movie, like any of these old pagan beliefs, I love. It's just that one didn't. That was my least favorite story, right? Yeah. It seemed like they. I feel like they could have made a better story around it, and it was just that I feel like they wanted to cover several things, right? So like a ghost of of a child, and then like a poltergeist because those are technically different things right right the the way that that like you experience them and then i feel like they were trying to also just kind of throw in like this religious baphomet pagan aspect of it and i feel like they could have done a better job on that on that specific part because i like i always get excited about anything related to that yeah well next time i'll have them call you and say Hey, look, Jay's looking for some more pagan shit. So if you guys could insert that in there, you're probably going to get at least an 8.5 or a 9 on his scale here. Probably. Just come probably. correct with it. That's all that's <laughs> Just come correct with the pagan beliefs. Well, look, that's about it for us this time. Um, 
you know, it's a short and sweet episode. Uh, next weekend, we're having Mr. Nick Durso back on the get on the uh, episode on the show. Wow, Jesus, let me start that one over. Uh, yeah, look, that's about it for this one. It's a short and sweet one here. Uh, next weekend, we're having Mr. Nick Durso back on. You'll remember him from Creep. But he and I and Jay will be talking about either Amityville Horror or The Conjuring. We're narrowing that one down still. So looking forward to that one. And honestly, I think that we're ready to start getting some more guests on this show. So I got some people lined up ready to see some movies, man. All righty. Well, um, if we do have, you know, a solid audience of however many there are, if you would like to see either one way or the other, Amityville Horror or the conjuring feel free to send us a message on instagram or facebook you know what i'll do them one better i'll help out our eight listeners and our 50 followers on about you know facebook and instagram here i'm gonna put up a poll on instagram this week put up a poll on it see who replies because the interesting thing about both these stories is they were investigated by ed and lorraine warren who are the most famous paranormal investigators in american history Many think they are frauds. Many think they are legit. We'll let you decide. But both, either way, both stories, awesome, awesome stories, awesome movies. Yep. I mean, it has obviously been remade. Um, but The Conjuring, as well as The Conjuring 2, also investigated by Ed and Lorraine Warren. So really, really cool uh, movies conjuring one of our favorites so we're gonna have to do something special for that episode mm-hmm. because i know we do hold that movie uh pretty close to our heart but either way it's gonna be fun we've got derso coming back to us so we're gonna have fun with that probably instill another drinking game throughout mm-hmm. that but i mean i don't really have much else to say about ghost stories but go check it out it will not be a waste of your time and let us know what you think Yes, sir. Also, I'm really excited to dive into the backstory of Ed and Lorraine Warren and understand them a little bit more. So excited to take this trip with you, Mr. Kington. Yeah, there's a lot we could cover with this. So we're gonna have to map this one out depending on this might be a this might be a good two hour, man. We might just have to get good and drunk. (laughs) Yeah, might make it a two parter. Because (laughs) if we do two hours straight, we're gonna be slurring our words a little bit and i already have an enunciation problem as my dad tells me you do no no you do you definitely do i mumble like a fool you you sound like rick from rick and morty just absolutely shit face it to him morty and that's me sober yeah i know i know but it's great because it's like my own little personal side language that only my close friends would be able to understand <laughs> I'm pretty sure I just said would be able, but I said wubbadoo. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate you guys tuning in and uh, see you guys next week. Until next time, keep your hair standing up on your arms. Wash your hands. (laughs) Wash your damn hands. And while you're at it, wipe your ass, wash your ass. Please, please, for the love of God, wash your ass. Brush your damn teeth, you fucking filthy heathens. Yep. Uh, well, thank you guys. Have a good one. And uh, I'm going to go wash my hands now because I forgot to. So, bye. Adios, muchachos.